Eva, Jonathan. Okay. Hello. Welcome Did you, in. You didn't 11. put your on-air sign on. Oh, should I? Yeah. I'm going to go do it. Yeah, it's got to be on. I mean, you got the sign. How often do you get to use it? Uh, on-air. It's real. I actually get to use it more than you might think. My oh, okay. nice, bright on-air sign. Um, you know, with the interviewing and office hours. Oh, yeah, office hours. We're today. We're fun. They were, they were today. Did you talk to anyone? I did. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, one of the people was just like a subscriber who mm-hmm. just wanted to chat. He wanted to air some grievances about his neighborhood association and oh, the people dang. that are showing up. And that was fine because we had some people that we both knew. And so we got to talk about that. And that was fun. And ended up being a neat conversation about how I deal in general with people who people don't like change. We were talking about when people that are NIMBY influenced or NIMBY-ish mm-hmm. show up to neighborhood associations and just constantly talk about the same stuff and like how to deal with that. That was really interesting. Um, but yeah, he just wanted to vent, which was fun. Yeah. How do you deal with people who can't see change or don't want to embrace it? Yeah. Well, I, I always mean, like those tip jars that say fear change, leave it here. Yes. Yes. The thing I talked about with this person in office hours who, by the way, I don't always mention people's names from office hours. And when you come in there, it's not like it's all public. It's basically just a conversation. So unless the people give me permission or they're like a public person, I won't be naming you if you come to office hours. So anyway, uh, it was was a fun conversation because it was like uh, I was telling this person who's basically just like a regular person with the day job and, um, you know, has done some neighborhood advocacy and stuff. Just giving them the thing of what I what I've been telling people more and more is don't let yourself become like the uh, PBOT representative, which that's a mistake I've made like many, many, many times mm-hmm. in all these years is because I'm generally aligned with what PBOT's wanting to do in terms of like changing streets and obviously you know a lot of people there and it's all this great rapport and stuff over the years for the most part. Um, I would find myself in arguments, sometimes even publicly or whatever, or like being being talked to by other media people when I used to do more of that. And I feel like I'm the spokesperson for Peabot and I'm sitting there trying to justify what they're doing. And it's like, I don't want to be in that position. Right. Right. That's not our job as people in the community. Yeah. You don't need to defend a group that maybe doesn't deserve your defending. Yeah. Or, I mean, we're adults. Like we make decisions for ourselves. Peabot has their, makes their own decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like none of, no advocate or organizer or person should feel like they have to like explain why Peabot did something doesn't mean you can't support what Peabot's doing, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, that, that was a case of the, talking with this person of being like, I can explain to you in general, like why we're trying to make changes to streets so that, you know, people drive less and people bike more and people take the bus more. Uh, but I'm, I don't necessarily like getting pinned into, why are they wanting to do this one thing in this one place? Yeah. And please convince me it's good. It's like, well, I'm not the master of the universe. I didn't decide to put it there. I certainly don't want people to think I'm opposing what they're doing. Anyway. And then the other person that I talked to was really neat was a, is a city council candidate, um, district three. Mm-hmm. Their name is Chris Flannery. They're really smart. I was impressed. Yeah. And they just saw the, I just posted on, on Instagram or something and they're like, oh, I'll just top in. Yeah. And they just popped in and we had a nice conversation about um, how the government's going to work. I was like con- confiding in them that I didn't really the details on like what's the difference between a commissioner in the new system versus a commissioner now, those like really subtle differences about what's going to happen and how they're going to govern. 
well, actually, sometimes they're not subtle. Um, I'm not like as well re- read up on that as I should be. And I feel like there's some details there that everybody should start start to get to figure out. So it was a neat conversation about, well, let's say a, like three or four or five counselors wanted to make a change around a transportation thing. What would be different in the new system versus how it would happen now? And then teasing out like, what does it mean to legislate without being attached to a bureau? Right? That's kind of the big thing that I've been enjoying yeah. thinking about. I mean, talking to Ruby's office, they were kind of like, yeah, things, there's going to be like a, a learning curve. And yeah. a period of time where a lot of people don't know what's going on because it's it's all fresh members mm-hmm. essentially or or nearly all. Um, so that's why I think knowing how it works is going to be so yeah. important. Good to know ahead of time, maybe. It, yeah, like we're in this moment where maybe the community and organizers and activists can maybe know how the system works better than the people in the yeah. system. And we could form advisory boards. No, we could take advantage of it and exploit that knowledge <laughs> to get things done. What are we exploiting? Well, whatever, whatever stuff it is that we oh, want to do. I, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was in a meeting this morning with Bora Architecture and Multnomah County Library. Uh, this woman who's sort of overseeing some of the library remodels and mm. changes. So okay. we're looking at the Belmont Library um, and, and pedestrian access and bike access because that library is, it's number one for holds in Portland, oh, like 3,000 okay. holds a day. Wow, wow. Yeah, and that is a tiny building. Anyways, the, the, the library on Belmont is going from 3,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet. So they're increasing the capacity in a in a really tremendous way, but they're also looking at you know how can we how can we make sure that we have bike infrastructure. So it was brought up by by Lois Levine that maybe they hadn't put in enough bike parking and hadn't really considered how the bikes are arriving at the building. So we were talking to them about how to make it the most useful for the community. Wow, I'm so glad you got that meeting. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. And they were super receptive. I mean, they're already halfway through the planning process, but bike parking is something that can be um, maneuvered a little bit more than, you know, beams and yeah, big things. Well, I'm hitting the button for clapping sound effect. <laughs> I'm so glad that, that y'all are tracking that and that you're actually speaking out because, yeah, so they're going to increase the capacity of the Belmont Library and like the footprint, but there's not a lot of space on that lot it is like houses and streets it's a very difficult talking to the architect she's like yeah this is a really difficult remodel and redesign because essentially they're saving the old belmont library that was built in the 20s Mm. because of community outcry that's basically like we love this building we want to keep it even though the staff is oh that's too bad like old and garbagey but yeah and it's and it's at elevation too so it makes it difficult to access um, oh, it's right. It's like up on a, like up, a hills yeah. or up on a wall. Yeah. Exactly. So a bunch of steps. Or yeah. Um, yeah. So the new the new addition will be to the north side and there will be a ramp in and it'll be slightly lower than the original building. And so there will be sort of this like ramp up and in and then also a wide set of steps. Well, so because the bikeway is on the southern part for the most yes. part on Taylor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully you can like easily wheel in there and have like yeah. secure bike parking. They're That's widening good. the sidewalk in front on on the Chavez side, mm. and um, we sort of talked to them about keeping. Currently, most people park on the Taylor side. There's this little like inset 
area where bikes park. Mm. But oh yeah, because of the size of the building, they have to have 14 bike parking spots within 50 feet of the entrance. So they're going to have some bike parking on on the building side, on the f- front end of the library, um, on Chavez, and then some bike parking around the corner. And then some staff parking, hopefully in a protected area, sort of tucked away. Good. That sounds like... Yeah. Hopefully it's enough, even with the... Hopefully it's enough. The new bike parking stuff that got passed by Commissioner Rubio just, I think, this week, all that housing regulatory stuff finally passed. And in that, they actually backpedaled a bit on requirements for bike parking to yeah. to spur housing development. So, But it doesn't necessarily... It's not like a blanket thing, so... Yeah. Um, that's good. I'm so glad that people that people are working on that. Thank you to Eva and Lois and maybe even mentioning Bike Loud, I'm sure, providing yeah. institutional support. Yeah, so I, yeah, support. I was there with Aaron and, and <laughs> oh, Claire great. from Bike Loud. It's amazing what a few, like, really well-informed people can do. Yeah. And all that. Yeah, and, you know, email Bike Loud if you have things that you think we need a meeting for. Being an organization makes us, gives us more clout than just yeah. a, a singular human. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we're a little louder than all the, you know, grumpy neighborhood people. True. Well, hopefully you're not judged by the volume of the (laughs) voice technically because loudness is not always the way to influence, I should say. Um, Here we are in the shed. We just kind of get right into it. I mean, there's no really no intro or anything. (laughs) Um, Typically we start off. Hi, how are you? How was your week? We start off talking about the weather, you know. It's so warm. From one extreme to the next. Here in February, like, I think I heard the other day we we're breaking records for warmth already in February. I went running in shorts and a t-shirt the Did other you really? Day. Yeah. <laughs> felt weird. As soon as it got, as soon as that first day of warmer weather, I felt it. I was like, Julie, my wife, Julie, I was like, guarantee when we go out today, someone will not have a shirt on. Mm-hmm. There will be a, a bare chested man out today. Sure enough, there was and? two. <laughs> the whole city starts like running. I know. This, there's so many it's runners true. in this town. It's really cool. And I have to say, as like a someone who does see the world in like bike colored glasses all the time, I get a little bit, I don't know what the word is, but when I see a lot of people running when I'm just biking around, I get like jealous or like envious. Yeah. And I'm like, are, are there more runners than bikers? Come on. People need to get out on their bikes. It might be true. I get so worried. People like, are still those, those January, um, you know, like everybody said like, oh, January 1st, I'm going to, I'm right. going to run. We're, st- we're still doing it right yeah. February 2nd. What we need to do is recruit all these runners because all the runners I've talked to are people that run. I, I often hear that they love running on the neighborhood greenways. Mm-hmm. So those are some really good advocates, They're great. you know, for sure. I actually think there's a large amount of overlap. Of there people is. People who well, ride bikes and run. I think, well, there's that too. And mm-hmm. I think it's even, I think biking's like a lot closer to running than walking, right? I have this whole thing where bike and walk is it just rolls off our tongues and like in the advocacy world it's always Mm -hmm. together and i'm like i don't think that's always good walking is like off the street it's on a whole separate system we're in the street so like runners a lot of the portland runners at least partly because we have these great safe residential streets they're in the street yeah you're running in the street you're you're trying to avoid like people walking their dogs yeah they're like closer in in behavior like than we are obviously and you're trying to move at a certain clip so yeah. if you're held up by and momentum car traffic yeah. or yeah exactly so like idaho stop we could have used all mm-hmm. those runners mm-hmm. to get that law you know and we got it but um you know they don't want to stop at lights either or stop signs for that matter yeah <laughs> oh my gosh um why would you i know why would you did you do any cool rides this, this past week i went 
on the Southerly Ladies Ride mm. with Maria. Yeah. So we met right by the Goodwill Bins, if you know where that is, 17th and Ochoco, I think. I think so. Yeah, or right Lynn. where the right where the spring water starts. Yeah, outside exactly. Of exactly where that like cool bridge is mm-hmm. on the spring water. And we went for a ten mile ride down through Milwaukee and looped around. We rode. There's a bunch of new infrastructure going on Linwood, that connects south up to the Springwater Trail. So mm. it's sort of this like sidewalk yeah. turned into like a multi-use path. Okay. So that's pretty cool. That's in, there's like concrete and paving happening. Cool. Right now. Yeah. Um, and pretty good turnout. I think we had 11 people total. Nice. Yeah. Now is that, I keep hearing about that ride and have some reason I see the title Southerly Ladies and I mm-hmm. think, is it for women from the South? Well, yeah, <laughs> you know like South I mean? Portland. Okay. Southeast Or is it Portland. that you ride in South Portland? You know what I well, mean? Well, I think, yes. I think essentially it's like a ride that goes South. Okay. Southerly ladies. I thought it was like, you know, Southern <laughs> Well, y'all ladies. come around now. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, that's what I thought. And I think slowly through the year, she increases the mileage. So this was just a 10 mile loop. Oh, fun. But next month will be, I don't know, 20. Nice. So on and so forth. And this weekend she's leading? Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to go find some Argyle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Caddyshack and Bill Murray, I saw I saw the trailer for the new, there's like a new Ghostbusters movie coming out. Really? Yeah. And he's in it? And he's in it. And Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, they're all in it. Oh my God. It's amazing. It looks amazing. <laughs> it has all the old cast, but then a whole new cast, I think, mm-hmm. including the kid from Stranger Things. Okay. Anyway, it looks like a lot of fun. Or, I or... did like the Ghostbusters with like Kate McKinnon and yeah. um, Melissa McCarthy. That was great. Yeah, they're like expanding expanding the franchise again. Now it's like a franchise. <laughs> Ghostbuster Five. Yeah, what I mean it's at? one of those it's one of those trailers you watch where you're like, uh, oh, that looks good, and then my instant thought was like, oh, I hope it's not like a huge bomb because that's embarrassing right. for all like those Die Hard yeah. Number Seven. You're like, come on, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I did see a really lovely movie, um, All of Us Strangers. It's mm. like the polar opposite of Ghostbusters Five. It's gosh, you could. Um, I feel like I'm gonna have a hard time explaining it without giving it away. Okay, it's like a very lovely, like, gay love story. All the, all of us strangers. All of us strangers. I saw it at Cinema Twenty One. I think it's a kind of a niche, okay, art house. But so like, so so that if you say anything about it, that's a special movie. <laughs> it's really beautiful. You almost, uh, I feel like you almost don't want to try to describe it because you Claire might. Claire Foy is in it okay. as like the main character's mother. I don't know. I feel like there were twists and interesting cool. things, but it's also like very quiet. And there's, I think, four actors in the whole thing. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. Ah, so like a, nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good date movie. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen any movies recently. I watched a lot of basketball though. Oh, yeah. It is that season. Yeah. I kind of did a thing the last couple of days where I was like, I was just going to see as many as I could in town. So yeah, that was fun. So you go to, I mean, your kid yeah. plays basketball. Yeah. There was one day I saw two middle school games. I saw a community college game and then I saw a high school game, like all the same night, basically. <laughs> how do you, <laughs> how do you learn about like where the games are happening? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. So who's, who's, one of who's my, doing that blog? One of my side hustles, dreams that I haven't fully jumped into yet but i'm laying the groundwork for is to actually try to connect all that information in town and let people know like how to see all the local basketball we need a shift calendar for sports yeah it's gonna be called pdx b-ball 
Okay. okay. Just basketball though, not other sports. Do I would other say sports don't this count? is the same conversation of like, why do I just focus on biking? <laughs> well, it's fine. You know, but just anyway, curious. so for, for a basketball nut, if you're in Portland and you're into basketball, your kids are into basketball, whatever. It's like, there's no resource to find out about all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. where can you play? What gyms are open? When, where are they located? Where can you see basketball? Is it creepy blah, blah, blah. if anyway. I, as an adult, go to like a middle school basketball game? Kind of. Okay. Kind of. Should I pretend that I'm the friend of another parent? I mean, or... I would say that that would probably be harder than just, I would just pretend that maybe you're just a coach and you're just okay. like checking out, yeah. you know, the local vibe. Recruiting for high school. Because ask me how I know, like that's a way you can just do it. Like, <laughs> and show up with a camera. Because I kind of love just being at a park and, oh, somebody's well, playing sports and I just watch for well, a while. Well, I think that's fine. Just but as, like, like basketball is in a gym usually. So you're, yeah, exactly. you're going to, you have to sort of open that door. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're intentionally being a, a watcher of that yeah. space, which is a little different. Uh, and then if I'm in that gym and those are my kids or I know that team, I'm going to know you're in there and you're not, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to be like, who is that person? Who, who are you? I'm kind of the little like, yeah, I'm like the Karen inside the gym of like, why are you here? What is your, well, who you're new? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh, me. Yeah. And I got to find out who's, ki- who's mom is that or who's away. whatever. It's like, yeah. I have to find out all the information sometimes when I'm in these gyms. Anyway, I don't want to get too far down that. <laughs> Sorry. That rabbit hole. Because <laughs> it is one. PDX B-Ball. It is one for sure. Did you buy the URL? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. It's, all right. So first up. I have a very like, I get very into things. And I know that if I open the door to that anymore, I'm going to just start working on it too much. And I do not have the time. And yeah. I just don't feel like really doing that right now and committing to it. So I'm trying to stay sort of walled off, you know? Uh, but if you get enough feedback from people listening to Bike Portland, who well, say... Well, I... Honestly, if I'm going to spend time in the basketball space, it's going to be when I get a team and I can actually coach kids. That's like the ultimate thing is I want to have a, a team of kids to coach. Uh, and that would take priority over doing all the internet part of it. But it'll be... It's just a side thing. You yeah, know, it's just cool. a fun, a huh. fun little non-bike thing mm-hmm. that I can think about. We all and need do. those. Yeah, exactly. Um... Speaking of non-bike things, mm-hmm. it's actually not non-bike, but our quiz this week is about street plazas. Okay. Okay. Oh dang. Peabot, look at your skin. I'm like, I don't face. know the answer. <laughs> you don't know the answer. Okay, well, you know, our quizzes are not this is about like Billy on the street right yeah, now. Our quizzes... Name a woman. Exactly. <laughs> our quizzes are just about learning, Eva. They're okay. not necessarily. Okay. There's no right or wrong Um, because. PBOT came out with the 2023 Street Plaza Annual Report this week, which they love doing reports over there <laughs> and like little plans on things. It's really this sweet. Where but, the budget cuts well, could happen. <laughs> well, I'm not. No comment. Um, but it's actually, I mean, as a Street Plaza total fan, like they're great. I mean, yeah. they're amazing, yeah. right? I know that the way the budgets are and the way the world is right now, people can look at them and I don't know, think there's some trifle little thing that maybe shouldn't be prioritized. But we should flip that narrative and be like no this street plazas like are super super important they're a key function of what the city can provide us and i thought it was neat that they came out with a report because it's like their first one probably since it's like a new program and as someone who's watched peabot for so many years whenever they do something new i'm always like oh this is fun let's do this so street plaza report all kinds of fun things in there okay first plaza in portland now this might not be the first Am I saying plaza? I think it's plaza? great. Is it? Pla- I like oh, plaza. Shoot. No, I can't not think about it. Street plazas. 
No, I that think plaza. Sound, that sounds like Iraq. I think plaza. You know, it's like plaza. Okay, yeah. plaza. First plaza that's like official and big and like public plaza. Where where was it in what year? I don't know. Downtown. Good guess. Um, maybe on the park block somewhere. A good guess. From what? 1990. I think it's St. John's. Oh. St. John's Plaza. Okay. St. John's Plaza, 1978. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And there's a really cool picture of it in the report. It's like everybody's there. It's like all the St. Johnsians and they're hanging out. And it's as a, if you're into like history or like anthropology, if people stood around a place to take a group photo, mm-hmm. like it actually, that means something about that place, right? So 1978, St. John's Plaza. Yeah. Very cool. Most famous one, of course, Where did is, you find this photo? Uh, I was in the, they put it in the report. Okay. They had like a mm-hmm. little, a little, you know, press release and stuff along with their report this week. Um, and then the most famous one, of course, is Pioneer Courthouse Square. Yeah, Pioneer Courthouse Square. Thanks for the lead. Do you know? Do you know when that opened? <laughs> oh boy, two thousand five. Pioneer Courthouse Square. Yeah. Way earlier. Eighty four. Eighty four. Okay. Yeah, that was a meeting place for from way back. I am not. A Portland history urbanism person. I saw Tuba Christmas there once. I think there's probably oh you did? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever Tuba Christmas? Tuba Christmas. Amazing. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, it's like fifty people playing tubas <sighs> and they're playing Christmas songs. That's perfect. That's a perfect Pioneer Square thing. Mm-hmm. Forty years old. Are we gonna have a birthday for back it? in the day? Ooh, good question. I bet we will. They should. Yeah. People, the downtown booster folks definitely should. Okay. Something a little more recent. How many official like public plazas now are open and like part of this program that Peabot's doing. Ooh. A dozen. Oh, good guess. 18. Okay. Yeah. 18. What's the, there's a brand new one and I know where it is and I just can't think of it. Pod Plaza. Pod Plaza. Pod Plaza. <laughs> what? Pod. Why can't I remember that? Plaza? Pod. Is it, is it like full of food cart pod? No, it's Pod it- Plaza. What the heck am I? Th- oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know why they call it. It's because the I had this problem earlier today when I was trying to think of it. Pod Plaza is like one of the newest ones. It's the one right across the street from Powell's, and okay. I think it's because that sculpture is called that big weird, uh, yeah, three pronged thing right by Shake Shack is called the Pod. Okay, and that's where it gets its name. Fair enough. But you're where you're, the elephant car wash used to be. It did, oh, oh, yeah, right. And then that was then it was GNC and yeah. Oh, knows? you're right, elephant car wash. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Throw okay, back. in in 2023, how many events happened in those 18 plazas? 80. 236. Wow. So one thing Peabot can do is events. activate space and put on events. Well, they did a they bunch of that. those. Um, Peabot paired up. I don't know. They had like ride your bike to work day yeah. for a bunch of Wednesdays. Or yeah, it was called... Like we're here Wednesdays or something like that. Yeah, I got this Get cool down bag. down here on Wednesday. Rose Lane Project bag. Yeah, I did a little video on Instagram about it, and I can't, I can't remember. Here Wednesdays or here? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Here for Wednesday. Here for Wednesdays. Anyway. And they also did... We're just going to make up a bunch of phrases. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This question's way too hard, but how many of the plazas do you think have large-scale paintings in them? which is a key part of how they do this is they do the nice big, mm-hmm. you know, murals on the pavement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's about seven, seven. You're right. 
Seven of them. That was going to be my guess even before you asked the question. Yeah. You will find large-scale paintings at Ankeny Alley, which is one of the one of the original ones in this sort of mm-hmm. one. Happened uh, right off 3rd there behind Voodoo. Uh, Rainbow Road on Ankeny, which is where we do by Cappy Hour. Arlita Triangle Square, which is probably my favorite name of a plaza because Triangle Square just makes me smile every time I see like, it. It's the best. Triangle Man, what is it? They, they could have called they it. It might be Giant Song. I mean, I guess it makes sense because Arlita Triangle is like a name of a place, mm-hmm. but then just Triangle Square is just so cute. <laughs> Sorry. And then the Cart Blocks Plaza is good. Hey, Keith. And then there's Dream Street Plaza on MLK, which has a painting, although it's probably wearing off because... A lot of people drive and stuff and go through there. Uh, and then Montevilla Plaza, which is right in front of Threshold Brewing right there. I really like that one. It's very sweet. And they do a lot of cool events there. And then Pride Plaza on Harvey Milk, which is like one of the, ni- one of the foundational permanent super nice ones. Um, okay. Peabody did a survey, asked a bunch of people questions about the public plazas. How many people said that Portland should continue to use street space and make car-free stuff like plazas? How many people said in those surveys that they should continue this program? 75. Oh, sorry. What percentage of people said they should continue to do this? 75%. 90%. 90%. Awesome. 90%. I love that. I mean. That's, that's hopeful. It is helpful. Are you listening, Peabot? Yeah. Are you listening, all the drivers out there? You, we all need car-free space. That's right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll end on by giving props to Peabot because... And you even smirked about it when, we, when I first started the quiz about that they had a street plaza annual report thing. But a lot of other people also giggle and stuff or it's a joke to say that they're always doing plans and having all these reports and documents. But they had this thing in 2017 that Peabot had already adopted, got adopted through council, this thing called the Livable Street Strategy, mm-hmm. which I think if I recall was kind of just like, they got all their really cool street related programs like the, the you know, get a, adopt a block or the permit you can get for having a party and all that other stuff in the street paintings and the activations. And, and they have this thing in 2017. It's called Livable Street Strategy. And then guess what happened in 2020? COVID, right? So COVID happened and then it started this whole domino thing of we got to get people out in these streets. We got to get restaurants, save retail spaces and put them in the street, right? And that created yeah. the plaza the outdoor dining thing it created the plazas and all these other stuff that led to just last year in 2023 city council made basically the outdoor dining thing a permanent and then mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure the street plaza stuff is going to be like a permanent program like ensconced in Peabot, so that they can have staff and make it like a real thing which is a big deal it's no longer a pilot right, right. it's no longer a fun little frivolous thing it's a real thing um so and i and i think it's you know just to give Peabot props they had that thing in 2017 that plan people might have looked at and been like why do they need a livable street strategy? Well, and like, there's grants too for you know, play streets. I think yeah, the deadline just passed, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, so there's all these little programs, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, sometimes having these little plans in place matters, you know, and, that and, and parking day. Yeah. That was in there. That's, That's part cool. of the livable street stuff, parking mm-hmm. day. So it turns out there's a lot of really cool services that, that the city provides through their livable street stuff that, you know, add at now you can add into it, the plaza program, which I think is really just amazing. I'll also say that, as I was looking at the report, they did like a little summary of each of the main the main plazas, you know. So, of course, the Ankeny Rainbow Road was in there. And I was like, I wonder if they're going to mention by Cappy Hour. And sure enough, they did. It was so sweet. Yeah. I was so, I thought that was really nice that people actually wrote in there. This is the site of the cherished by Cappy Hour that happens every Wednesday. They use the yeah. word cherished. Well, it was like community <laughs> so gathering, nice. you know. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. That's what they're trying to do. So there we go. 
that was really nice. Nice work. And they one of the things I thought was cool is they're they're going to do more with their music uh, music partnership. Okay. Coming up this summer, which I think is the best. Let's get bands in these spaces and get everybody out in the street. That's what yeah. it's all about. I went to a flamenco night at Bar Batallon last night. Oh, flamenco. Very what do they cute, do for that? Very fun. It's like this little group and they play flamenco music and people can dance if they want. No way. And you just sit around and you drink wine, you hang out with your friends. How fun. Every It's the first Thursday of every month. Nice. At uh, whatever, wherever they're at, Seventh and Davis, something like that. I thought that I always always pictured that. I've never been in yet, but I always pictured it as like a really small place. I'm trying to think it of is. people it's doing that small, kind of dance. It's very small, and they're well. <laughs> like, how can you? There's a little space to dance, and like a little corner where the cool. guitarist and the singer sit. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Let's see what else this week in the news. And when I say news, of course, I just mean bike. Well, I don't always mean by Portland news. We can we can talk about not other news. Oregon live or you know whoever's news whatever news you come across. Um, did you see how I used the term anti peabot extremists? I did actually. I'm curious. And I was thinking about our conversation about how you were critical of someone saying controversial, <laughs> and then I read that title and I was like, whoa, what happened? Oh boy! So I'm <laughs> I'm trying to think if you're trying to set me up for some criticism here or what, but. Um, well, it was an extreme title. I mean, I was, yeah. you know. I mean, it's. I don't have a thing against, if I feel like I'm on the right side of something, mm-hmm. I feel like it's okay to point it out directly. I didn't read any of the comments, right? but I'm guessing there were some comments. There was no. some, there was some discomfort on our comment section about it, but there was more like, of course, online and other places where this, where the article got posted, okay, where, where sure. people were instantly like, oh, but you stood by while Antifa burned the city down. And now you're saying that someone who cuts <laughs> down a traffic sign is extreme. Of course you are. You leftist, you know, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of that, but Classic. it's fun because mm-hmm. if I, I feel like if I can't defend, you know, my choices to even those folks, then maybe, you know, maybe I'm not making my choices sometimes. But I mean, I thought a lot about it and felt like it was a defensible thing to say. If yep. you like the context was like these people were really anti Peabot, first of all. And mm-hmm. I'm not just throwing that word out there. Like, I know that I sat in meetings. I saw things they did. I heard about things they did. Right. There was literally graffiti on the street that said F Peabot. Um, there's so the anti Peabot sentiment within this group of folks is really, really strong. I mean, I guess I did jump to an assumption that it was people that are against the project. But I thought that was a pretty safe speculation. Yeah, sure. And it wasn't like some sort of false flag or something. Um, and then extremists, I think it is extreme. Yeah. There was a time right here on Rosa Parks when, when the new protected bike lanes just went in mm-hmm. and there's someone with a video camera at one of the businesses that I often have access to when weird things happen in the street and he's, they're always excited to send them to me. And it was this guy who like an assumption about that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so like one of them is don't turn into the bike lane before you, it's like, you know, yield oh, for sure. bikes. It was like mm-hmm. a big sign. And there was this guy who was so mad he saw that sign. He got out of his car and just shook the pole back and forth and just like threw the sign on the ground. Yeah. And then drove away and totally damaged the sign. And I was like, oh my God, that guy just ruined the sign. That's a little different. I don't think that's extremist. That's like an emotional action. The people that did the thing on Northeast 72nd, they knew it was coming. They prepared. They they went home and got the whatever saws all they needed or whatever they used. They yeah. came back multiple times. They didn't have enough battery. They came back multiple times. I'm starting to hear that that Peabot reported that it went up and then got put down. Anyway, I feel like that's pretty extremist. And I also did want to get people's attention because somebody f- needs to fill those posts with concrete. That would be great. Yeah, I'm really curious what Peabot will do to respond. Well, you said that the, this that that sign was sort of like a temporary sign. That's what Peabot said. I mean, or that, that, that there's some like bigger measure going in to. 
I would hope redirect so. Redirect the car traffic. I mean, it was it was a sign that was anchored into pavement, which mm-hmm. is a little beyond sometimes. This is just proof do. that people don't like change. It is proof of that. It is proof of that. But I think with this whole story and what's happening on Northeast 72nd, folks, is one and one reason why I use such a strong word in framing in that headline is that I do think that Peabot needs to do more to sort of squash this because there are very strong anti-government, anti-Peabot sentiments that are Mm -hmm. building all the time and are being encouraged by certain people in town. And I just feel like if you show weakness and you try to ignore it, I mean, in some ways you have to look very confident and you have to let people know, let the haters know that you're not going to be cowed by this kind of thing and this is not okay. I think part of the reason why it happened on 72nd is because of that whole thing that, you know, the Peabot director did about saying, oh, we're, we're not going to do this after all because the neighbors don't want it. Right. Like that's the, that's the worst thing you can do. You have a plan. All your people said to do it. You need to do it. You can't just pull it back because people are complaining. And now we know that, you know, I, well, we don't know. I shouldn't say that, but I have a strong hunch that the people that were complaining about that are probably some of the same people that went out and cut the frigging thing down. So anyway, we got to get past that kind of stuff because I do think it can metastasize if you don't, if you don't deal with it in a, in a strong way. So hopefully, hopefully Peabot can find some money and go just lay down some massive medians that are impenetrable. Or just put a Jersey barrier there and yeah, I don't know. Or some, uh, spikes. Yeah. I'd like, I I would have liked to have seen a statement too from the mayor or from commissioner maps at at least saying that destruction of city property is not tolerated, accepted, and is punishable by X amount of dollar fine or something like the fact that someone can just do what those people did so blatantly and just have complete silence from the government, I think is not great. So yeah. I'm saying that here so that depending on what happens next, we can come back and assess <laughs> <laughs> assess this. Check in later. Yeah, exactly. What else? Oh, I saw this really cool thing on the internet. Is it a cat? Is it a cat video? <laughs> well, that's always a given. <laughs> that's an easy guess because it's always that's always It's always there. a cat video. It's always a cat video. Um, <laughs> or pizza, uh, you know, the pasta grannies. No. Do you don't me. know about pasta grannies? Tell like, me about the like pasta old, grannies. old ladies making pasta. It's like this whole thing on Instagram. It sounds so... And TikTok. Yeah. It's like it's comfort like food It's like 90-year-old Italian <laughs> grandmothers making food. That's great. Why is food stuff so... It's so nice to watch food want, stuff. I just... Yeah, that's all I want to watch. There's this one chef guy. Um, but to go back to this thing I saw on the internet, mm-hmm. is like in Japan and Fuji, uh, and they have a racetrack like PIR. And they just open it up for this really funny event. It looks like really like a fun public event. It's called, you're going to love this, Fuji International Speedway has this annual event called Super Mamachari Grand Prix. Oh, awesome. I know you know what Mamacharis are. Of course, yeah. How would you explain those? It's like a cargo bike, sort of, but like with the seat really low. I don't know. And it's... It's for, you You know, you know, you're a mom and you have your little kids on your bike and you're schlepping them around and you're also like five feet tall. Yeah. Mama Charis are so neat. So it's like a seven hour race, quote unquote. I think it's like lads 500, basically oh you get a team together, <laughs> but you can go on the racetrack and just cruise around. Right. And there's a bunch of people. It looks like so much fun. So someone posted a, a video of it. And do people dress up or anything? No, Does I think they're just, like it's just like outfits? a bunch of mamas on no. there. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. just in their normal. Do they bring old, their kids? They're in their soft pants. Yeah. <laughs> just, they're just hanging out, you know, uh, doing their ride. 
I don't know a ton about it, folks. So, you know, it's not like I've been on it or talking to anybody. You do an it, image but. search. Yeah, yeah. It looks like fun. So it just got me thinking like PIR, Portland International Raceway, right there in Kenton. Mm-hmm. It's this awesome facility. It's owned by the city. You know, they have an agreement with someone, obviously, to run it and manage all the racing and all that stuff. But it's like, it's so inaccessible. I started thinking about it. And I was like, we should have a, more public events at PIR where you can ride your bike car free. Yeah. Who's with me on that? I'm into it. You, I mean, you can get there pretty easily off the max. I know. Or you can ride along the sidewalk there. I think it's such an obvious win. Literally, city has a lot of sway there. It's not a private operator. Yeah. Make a Sunday Parkways at PIR. It would be so big. We'd have so many of our friends from Vancouver coming over. Right. Because you go to Winter Wonderland Light Festival. If, if people are like, oh, we already have a thing there. Sorry, but that's a paid event. Oh, like the bike, the lights. Yeah, the bike, the lights. It's it's all nice and good. It's a paid event. It's essentially a private run thing. It's at night. It's in a terrible part of the year. It's very, often very cold. You know, like yeah. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we're talking summer prime time. Let's get a let's have a yeah. Big, it's definitely an underutilized. It's underutilized. Space. And, or you can be a racer, which you know. Right. I can hear them. Probably I bet you can hear them from your house. I mean, a bike racer. When they're racer. racing. Oh, yeah. Sure. Bike race. I mean, they have Monday Night PIR and other bike races there. Although, I've been hearing PIR has been sort of squeezing out some of the bike race promoters, too, by increasing the fees. And the mm-hmm. short track, I know, I don't think runs anymore because of that. And they also said that they can't, the bikes can't can't ride on the motocross course anymore. Do people anymore. still race around downtown? So that's a bummer. Um, Does that still Yeah. Happen? I mean, it's, they do. They can. It's just a matter of someone getting a permit. Okay. I think it happened recently. Okay. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, the city, they, I, I couldn't, yeah, that's right. I couldn't make it this year for some reason, but it happened downtown. It was awesome, I heard. And I heard uh, it was Mayor Wheeler who was really like the one that stepped up and wanted to make it happen as part of. I thought you, you were going to say he he got in there. <laughs> hey, he does triathlon. So, yeah. you know, get rid of those tri bars and go for it. Uh, but no, just to, to get people downtown. But so th- the other reason I mentioned that PIR thing is because, well, it's because a lot of people responded to that uh, story I put on Instagram. And I have a pretty good way of judging like when something's more popular than something else. And there was tons of people that were like, oh, I'm so into this. Everybody was really excited. This one person said they'd be willing to start a petition to get, and I was like, well, okay, maybe this is a thing. So anyway, if folks are listening and maybe you work at the city and you plan Sunday Parkways or something else, let's find out a way to get an open, fun, public day during the nice weather times and do it out at uh, PIR. Yeah, a bunch of food trucks. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Especially okay. once, if we ever get, especially if we ever get the the bridge thing done and it's much nicer over there. And, the bridge thing? Well, one of the things I think is cool about the Bike the Lights Winter Wonderland is how many people drive over from Vancouver. Yeah, sure. And in general, every time I go to Sunday Parkways, the thing that is exciting, but also a tinge sad is how many people drive to this. Yeah. The demand and the interest and enthusiasm for car-free space, for biking and car-free space is through the roof. I don't think people fully realize how much demand there is for that. You know, like I said, Sunday Park was you go and there's like people parking, tons and tons of people drive to those. It's so sad. There's nowhere for them to bike. They feel safe in the way the roads are going. Most people don't like, they just want nice space. It's going to be safe. If only we had more yeah. streets that people felt good Yeah, and letting I mean, their eight-year-olds ride on. You I know? know, right? I mean, we have Tabor that's car-free maybe once a day, once a week during the summer or whatever, or all year, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, who can bike up that hill? Not a lot of people can. It's yeah. not very accessible for the public. Tabor's really hard to bike on if you're just a normal person 
for the most part, but unlike Eva, who can just, you know, pedal up anything. Beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> Speaking of pedaling, did you hear about the Mosier to the Dalles Trail project? No. Tell me more. This is so exciting. U.S. Forest Service, so federal government, is wanting to do some planning mm -hmm. and look at the land between Mosier and the Dalles, which, okay. if y'all don't know, is a freaking beautiful place. It's so nice over there. And so think about, yeah, well, you know, it's basically on the gorge, right? But there's a bunch of open land, uh, not open land, but there's a lot of land. Off, It would be an off-road trail. Friends of Columbia River Gorge is a nonprofit sponsor on this like federal planning project that they're doing, mm -hmm. this federal planning process. And yeah, they just announced it this week and it started bumping around all my social media because all the bike people are like, let's yeah. make sure that they hear about. How, how far is that? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Probably, probably 15, 20 miles. Okay. Right now, the Columbia River Historic Highway State Trail thingy Um like one that's of the, the last, official technical name. I, I've I've mentioned this on the show before that I think it needs a new name. It's that's way too long. Uh, but that thing stops basically at Mosier in terms of the car free part. So imagine at the end of that new state trail thing that's going to be fully complete really soon. Here, you could continue on a bike on off road, so dirt trails mm -hmm. like all the way into the Dalles. It would just be so spectacular. So. And the, my, my one question was, because it's friend of the, Friends of the Columbia River Gorge, and I think people are thinking of it, assuming it's going to only be for hikers, and I know that can get kind of spicy with people when they start thinking about whether or not bikes can go on the trails too. Right. I was instantly curious if, the, if bikes were just not, you know, if precluded even thinking about bikes. And that's not the case. I reached out right to the people, and they said, nope, that is a possibility that there could be bike trails as well. Uh, and they said they have the um, Hood River area trails, folks. The HRATS bike group is already a part of the process, which is cool, mm -hmm. and other groups. So we'll see. But anyway, I thought that was really cool. And I'll put a, a link to that. I haven't mentioned it on Bike Portland yet, but really exciting potential stuff there, especially when you think about the fact that, yeah, Northwest Trail Alliance is doing a lot, bunch of new stuff at Cascade Locks. Yeah, Off-road right, trails. Right. So the more The Dells get, actually came up at Poetry Night which we have the last Sunday of every month with our neighbors. Oh, neat. And well, the Dalles basically means sort of like a gutter or like a gully. Mm, okay. Um, and I think before the river was dammed, it was this like tight, tight spot where the water went through. And then I learned one of my neighbors, Abram, actually had been to Salila Falls before, um, before the river was dammed and saw people fishing and Whoa. all of that set up. And he was, it was... The most spectacular thing. His father brought him there when he was a little kid. Oh, I would have loved in, to He's see like that. in his 80s probably. Um, that is so neat to know someone that saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was a really rough shoot, like a gutter, because I think that's why the Dallas formed, is it people mm -hmm. had to get off in Portage. You had to, you'd have to get off and like, so that. Yeah, there's all walk. this, you know. So you'd end up camping. You and, look and you're like, oh, it's so calm and it's wide and yeah. flat, but no, it's not what it used Dalles. to be like. I love the Dallas. It's got a lot of really interesting stuff. I went there several years ago and met the mayor and actually wrote up like a whole little bike plan for them and stuff. It was so cool. I love that place. How um, many, uh, do a lot of people live there? Yeah. Like up, kind of up on it's the like hill. The, it's, like, it's like Hood River's little, you know, little brother, little sister. Right. Um, the story I heard when I was there was it, it could have been as big as Hood River, but when all the windsurfers started showing up and they were kind of like, you know, hippies and long haired dudes and whatever, the people in the in the Dalles were like, you're not doing that here. 
We right. don't want you the here. Dells became the conservative. Yeah, and and then so they spot. went over and discovered Hood River, and the rest oh, is dang. history. Yeah, and so I kind of think there's some folks at Hood River that are like never again. If there's anything cool that comes through here, we're jumping on it because like, <laughs> I think it got its first brewery like I don't know a couple years ago. The Dells oh, is in a whole different and full sale opened in like yeah the 90s. I mean, just look at the earlier. trajectory of the, of Hood River versus the Dells. Yeah, and you know, make your own conclusions. I mean, maybe people like how quiet and <clears throat> somewhat dead a lot of times the Dells was i think it's changed a lot in the last couple of years but um oh then the other way you know it used to be kind of the first city out there not the second city is that this i always think of the sign right here on i-5 going through portland it says the dowels 84 not hood river hmm. usually those signs are like what what the big destination was and i think that that sign probably went up before hood river went off you know so anyway you mentioned a poem <laughs> can you recite a poem maybe to Take us out. Oh, man, I don't have any poems memorized. Sorry. A poem about, about the dolls? I definitely don't have a poem about the Lot, dolls. Lots written. That's also where the organ... Maybe next week. Maybe I'll write one. That's where the Barlow Road starts there, too. Okay. Because I think Mr. Barlow, or whoever the guy's name was, who started charging people to go on that pass, realized that people just give up at the dolls because the rapids are too bad, and then they, they trek over... Over the hill to Oregon City. I have, uh, instead of a poem, I'll, I'll end with like a story from my mother's family. Okay. So my mother was born in Nebraska, and she said that the way her family ended up in Nebraska is they went out on the Oregon Trail to Oregon, and, and there were too many people. So they turned around and went back to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. My mom's stories are hilarious. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's Okay. That ends Fight Portland Story Hour for this week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Another episode of In the Shed. Thanks for listening. See you later. Next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate all of your support. If you are not a paid subscriber of Bike Portland yet, please become one today at bikeportland.org slash support and find out how you can be a part of what we're doing here and pay a little bit in to keep it thriving and surviving. I also want to thank Brock Didis of Sprocket Podcast fame for our wonderful new theme music. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, we'll see you in the streets.